It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. 
Absolutely. So uh, one thing that uh, you were put over a lot was you started at such a young age and you achieved so much within Impact Wrestling. So let the listeners know like how you got your opportunity to get into TNA. Did they, re- did they recruit you from wrestling in the U.K.? How did that come about? Um, I, I'd, I'd, like, I'd love to say that they recruited me from from my wrestling, but the reality is that I was recruited because I had a, a, a public profile from a, a TV show, you know what I mean, from, from Gladiator. Gladiator, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there were people who, well, I think even in the company, even pretty high up executives, you'd be surprised how many of them didn't realize that I was actually an independent wrestler. Oh, wow. They thought I was just a guy that could take him from a TV show. But, you know, I wasn't... But then, you know, my, my wrestling didn't exactly indicate a seasoned vet at that point either, so I could do mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, it came, you know, it ended up in your favor positively. Um, you know, they, they gave you a nice profile and, uh, and, and and so forth. And even at a, at a young age, um, at the, at the time and still, still young, um, but when you went to when you went to TNA, I think it was what about '08, and you were uh, at that time you were what 21, 22 at the time. Yeah, I, I was I was signed in '08 at 21, and then debuted at '09. I just turned 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did they have something uh, already set up for you, or was it just kind of played by ear? Because I know that you were feuding with a few. A uh, few people. Yeah. Uh, you came in as a as a heel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah. You had the kind of like the, the, the pompous the gladiator type of deal. The infamous uh, helmet. And, uh, yes, and yes, the Spartan helmet. style. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, that was a that was a Vince Russo, um, a Vince Russo uh, idea, I guess. So, yeah, it was. I never really got to the bottom of it. I think. I mean, I, you know, I, I. I I, I like Vince as a person. You know, I'll, I'll sort of bust him about it every now and then if, if, if I happen to have a conversation with him. But um, yeah, I just I, I'm not sure that anyone there was really aware of what exactly the TV show I was on really was or, or why I had been. I do know that Kurt Angle had seen the show, and I had done the reason. You know, I sort of I got over on that show by doing a wrestling character, basically by doing a wrestling persona. I was doing very sort of wrestling one on one kind of promos in an environment where most of the shows were not. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't they, they, that that wasn't their forte. Um, and I do remember that you know, in the uh, I guess as as well as Dixie seeing you know seeing the, the 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 media coverage and seeing the sort of profile I was getting and saying like this guy's a wrestler, I think we should try and get him. I guess Kurt was over for a media tour, or at least this is what he told me, you know, and, and he and he saw me do a promo and was just like, that that it has to be a wrestler. There's no there's no doubt in my mind he's gotta be a pro wrestler or at least be a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. Um and, and at the time he had contacted uh the office, you know, to say, I think we should take a look at this kid in the UK or whatever they said, Oh, do you mean you know, this guy? Like and then he said, Yeah, and they said we can we just sign him, you know, so that was that was always I took that as a huge compliment. Um, but I, some, I, I guess that I don't, I don't know how much of that was ever shown to the, um, you know, Dutch Mantel and 
and Vince and whoever else was sort of making the creative decisions at that point. Yeah. What 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 I was presented with when I got there was very different from what I was doing on the show. But, you know, at, at, at yeah. 22, and you know, you you just you don't really you don't really have much say. You know, you don't get. I mean, had I looking back at it now, had I been recruited later and with a bit more experience, I probably would have said. Hey, let me send you, you know, some of my best stuff from this and this would like help help us sort of shape the character together. But of course I didn't do that. I just I just showed up and went like, Okay, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, I mean you know, especially twenty one, twenty two and getting a break after being a contestant on T V show, I mean, you know, there's not much yeah. you know, pull that you have at the at the at the moment. You know, I mean a lot of times people yeah. get their pull based on, you know, being a company guy and, and being um, you know, kind of checking every box and then getting to the point where they have clout. Um, we see that all the time with people who are in, in positions of power now. So one thing I, one thing I've noticed throughout your time uh, when you were competing in Impact, that you were a part of quite a few tag teams. Uh, I know one time I believe it was with Desmond Wolf. Of course, you were with the British Invasion. Uh, kind of a makeshift tag team that really worked is when you were with Joe. Uh, while you were teaming up, the the the, the different teams that you were uh, a part of, who would you say that your favorite partner was during your time at Impact? I get asked this in different ways quite frequently, but um, I mean, I I would have been I would have been dead in the water without Williams. Um, you know, there's, there's just there's no doubt about that. The yeah. tag team gave me gave me the the ability to learn on the job, which is not something that you should be doing on on prime time you know, fight TV and on pay-per-views and stuff, but, you know, that, but that's, that's the situation I was in. I was starting at the deep end. And believe me, for anyone out there who, you know, who sort of criticized my work back then at that point, and they had a right to, um, I was well aware of my shortcomings as well. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, like, I've got, you know, like I, I, I was, you know, you have to remember how good the roster was at that point. I mean, you know, AJ and Kurt and Bobby and, uh, you know, Beer Money and, uh, you know, the, the, the X Division was cooking and, you know, Jay Lethal and, I mean, everybody on everybody on those shows. Plus you had like Steiner, Booker T, Nash, Mick Foley, everybody on that, on that roster was like the cream of the crop. And, and, um, you know, you you were exposed very quickly if you weren't up to snuff. So, but I'm always sort of reacted well in that situation where I'm like, all right, I've, I've got to sort of fake it till I make it. Uh, and the tag team gave me the opportunity to do that because I knew I could talk. So I was good on the stick, and Doug was able to carry the load in the in the matches, and, and allow me to sort of figure out the timing and the mechanics and the and structuring and how to how to put finishes together and how to put a match together. And, um, you know, in the correct way, uh, and I dare say that from you know from Doug's point of view, he, I was you know I was able to to um, compensate for you know for his one shortcoming at that time, which was his mic work, which by the way is fantastic today. You know what I mean? It, 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 we sort of we helped each other in that respect, but you know he certainly helped me more than I helped him, and I needed him more than he needed me. Yeah, I could definitely tell. When you, I'm, I'm a big fan of Doug Williams. I think 
that the rolling chaos theory is one of the sickest He's finishers so of of all time. <laughs> I just, so uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I I, I went off um, off track there for a second. No, but, sorry. Um, you know, the, the the team would go with a different situation because uh, it wasn't something that we anticipated, and obviously it was very the, the whole sort of premise of it was that we we were opposites and that it, it, it almost wasn't supposed to work but I mean that in the in the, in the storyline sense to be an odd you know an odd pairing because I think it was it started off from like a, um uh like a wild card tournament like the story yeah that's right wild yeah. card that's what I was looking for and, it, and, and so that was sort of the whole premise was supposed to be that hey I believe the intention was that we were supposed to have like a couple of matches and sort of model our way through them and win and then we were supposed to feed with each other. It was supposed to be quite a short thing. And then I was such a fan of Joe's. And I, I you know, I could tell, that, and I was also quite self-conscious of the fact that he was at different times during his, his run in TNA so grossly misused that I was like, I was very conscious to like that I wanted to make it good because I was, I could see that he was thinking like, this is what they're doing with me, you know what I mean? And I he would he probably wouldn't admit that, you know, because he's too nice. But I could tell that he was thinking like, what the hell is this? Like I've got to, you know, like now I've got to have this guy as my tag team partner. And I was so determined to make that good, and I was such a fan of Joe's work that, um, you know, without without sort of patting myself on the back too much, like most of our double team stuff, I I already had it in my head because I. I was such a fan of his stuff that it just flowed so naturally for me. And I went, hey, you know, we, we can do things. You, if, if, if you give him the, 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 the squisher and enziguri in the corner, instead, you know, then you could, like, whip him out to me and I could do the elbow off the top, you know. And then he was like, yeah, cool, let's try it. And it just and it ended up just being one of those things where we just had the reaction and looked at each other and went, like, and there was just chemistry there. Because, and because I think I, I was such a fan of his, he started to figure out, like, okay, there's much more to this guy than then perhaps we've all realized and then and then he's also realized like we just got you know we just got the strongest reaction on the show yep. and we came back and, and obviously some people had noticed I think you know Bischoff and a couple others were like there's something there you guys have got really good chemistry and, it, and so it, it immediately it sort of went from I think we're going to drag this out a little bit and then you know and then we, and then we, had, and we were the tag champions and you know, arguably one of the sort of the more reliable acts on the show to get a good reaction. I think we filled the void that beer money had left, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys were a fantastic tag team. And it was interesting because it was more of a, it was like, like you said, it was a strange bedfellows type of pairing at first. And it just seems like, just watching it at the time, it just seems as if that it was going to be something short-lived. But like you said, it, the, the the reaction towards the chemistry of the tag teams worked so much that it was uh, it was it was great. Um, a couple other things, I was really just kind of confused of how your affiliation with the main event mafia came about because, if I'm not mistaken, you became a member of the main event mafia before you won your first championship, right? Yeah, yeah, so uh, how'd that come about? And believe me, I was, yeah, I was very self-conscious of that also. Um, uh, I, I mean, with, again, without without um, 
I hate speaking for guys who are much more accomplished than me and, and, and putting words in their mouth, but uh, I, it, I was under the impression that they they was that those three Kurtz, Bing, and Joe were sort of involved in that process as well, legitimately. You know, not just in terms of the storyline. They they were sort of they were and, and um, I don't know whose whose idea it was uh, in the creative team at first in terms of but, but the discussion was was had where they said we wanted to, the thing we want to do differently this time with the mafia is we want to have one guy who's like the future. You know, we want to have we want to have sort of the 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 established incumbent, you know, top stars, the kind of the current like, you know, locker room leader and sort of stuff that they go. And we want one guy who's like the, the tip guy for, for the future. More of a prodigy and, role. Yeah, and they yeah, almost like I guess similar to I suppose the sort of the Randy Orton in evolution. Evolution, kind of yeah, makes situation. sense. Yeah. And I think and they, they sort of presented that to to those guys, and and I was the, the name that came back from all three of them. Um, obviously, I had the affiliation with Joe, and Sting had always been such a strong advocate for me. He had like, I mean, by that point, I had wrestled Sting uh, on TV, and that that was, you know, even though it was a very throwaway match at the time, like internally, that was like a big a big um, milestone for me because. Thing was the one who had basically said, you know, let me work with this guy, and and uh, basically let me let me pretty much call the whole match, and and um, and it was it was a short TV match, but it was a TV main event, and and it and it went great, and you know got Sting got Sting where he needed to be. So then there was a there was a sort of flicker there with with some of the some of the respected sort of old school guys like Jim Cornette and stuff who sort of went, yeah, hey, that, you know. That kid's like unselfish, and he, you know, he did what he needed to do, and like just, you know, just completely fit the role perfectly, and got Sting where we needed him to be. And Sting was the one who sort of went, I, you know, I want I, this, I, this, this is my guy kind of thing. Like I want, I want, I want to keep going with this guy. Yeah. So between all those things, it was just I had some momentum then. There was no doubt. Like the, the, the we were doing the um. That's on the thing. What was it called? The the, the BFG series. And there was there was definitely momentum there. You could just feel the shift where people were finally starting to to buy me as a babyface. And then they said, uh, I just remember the week before Dave Lagana saying to me, Hey, do you have like high? You know, do you have some like custom made good quality ones? And I was like, I mean, that I have I have a suit. You know, not something I have anything to write home about. And he's like, Well. Out and get some custom-made suits this week because you, you need them next week at TV. And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so, yeah, I went out and dropped like four grand on suits or something. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, made it back. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, the one thing I can't complain about, um, you know, at least during those years, was you know that they, they, they treated me very fairly. You know, awesome. financially, I was, um, I was, but, you know, but I also, I fought for it, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I always just made sure, I dare say that that might be one of the things that, that works against me, you know, today is that, 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 you know, certain people who were with the company at that time who are now with another certain big company, um, you know, that I was always someone who, who, um, 
you know, was was keen to make sure I got what I deserved and, you know, fought for my worth and negotiated hard. So, you know, I, it was it was the right thing to do, and I would always tell anyone it's the right thing to do because, you know, ultimately it's it's a business. Um, but, you know, I, I dare say it, it's not necessarily working in my favor today, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that, that goes that goes hand in hand of uh, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, was um, so there's there's been a lot of reports actually that broke uh, within the past week um, that there was some contractual disagreements and you asked for your release for you know GFW Impact Wrestling, but just you know just clear the air on that because we talked off air and there's th- those rumors aren't true because there weren't I mean th- there wasn't a, a contract to begin with no that's that's right there, there was no there was no release there was no um you know there was there was nothing like that it was you know a contract was offered to me which I you know which I which I declined um and that was uh you know I, I've seen I've seen a couple of reports where I, you know, I tend to stay away from all this stuff these days just because I'm, I'm too busy with, with uh, you know, being a dad and, and running a business. But it's kind of like uh, I still love pro wrestling and, I, and, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm very dedicated to it. But I'm, I kind of had this epiphany during all this time where I, I said I, I never really got a chance to do a character and do the, the pro, you know, pro wrestling the way I wanted to do it, and, and I, I felt like uh, I just, I just had this epiphany where I said, you know, change here, um, and the best way to do that is for me to be 100% independent and, you know, and make a make a splash, um, you know, in a, in a new way. But with regards to that, you know, obviously I had been affiliated with GFW and, and Jeff and and all that um, from from the sort of early days of that, you know, the first champion and blah, blah, blah. And when when the situation came up with Anthem and all that, they, they offered me a contract. I read the contract. Uh, it's not something that... Yeah. I, I'll say this in the nicest way I can. Uh, it's not a contract that anyone with, with um, any value any sense of self-value or self-worth would sign. Um, you know, it, it just wasn't, well, it was just no, there's no, you know, to me, uh, the only time you should put your, your name on a dotted line is if there is, you're getting something in return. Um, because otherwise you may as well be, you may as well be, you know, you're, you're an independent contractor. Right. So there's no point signing a contract to, to get you exclusive to one place if you're not getting anything in return. And again, I wish them nothing but the best, but uh, the the guy I was really excited to work with was Alberto, and I worked with him right away. Um, And I just, I didn't feel like I would be challenged there in the way I needed to be challenged, um, you know, creatively and and artistically. Uh, and, And obviously, Monetarily, they're not going to be able to, you know, they're not in a position to really offer anything that, that you know, that, that um, offsets those those things. So I just politely said, I won't sign this contract. Um, however, if you need me, you know, I can, 
like a mark on a handshake, which we did for um for you know, for a number of shows. Yeah. And uh, I guess the only thing that that bothered me a little bit was the fact that, you know, I've been I, I feel like I've been very um dependable and, and loyal to, to Jeff Jarrett and then you know, I didn't I didn't find out from him that, that they didn't want to keep working that arrangement. You know, which is which is which is fine in the sense because I didn't have any long term plans to be around that stuff anyway. I could see all this the negativity, and I just didn't want to be associated with it. But but at the same time, I had dates in my calendar that were, you know, that I had written down just like any other independent promotion. And then I had to find out from like somebody else, like oh yeah, apparently you know we can't do anything with a guy who's not under contract anymore. And I was like, well. It would have been nice to find out from yeah, you know, certainly from yeah. the guy who, from the guy who's supposed to be you know I don't know but yeah other than that and I and and but you know let's face it they've got way bigger problems at the moment so I'm I just uh, overall you know it was a combination of all of those things where I said you know I'm just going to go ahead and back away slowly. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. Well, you definitely made your stamp uh, in, in Impact and in, in GFW. Um, you know, just the time that you were there uh, off and on for the better part of 10 years, um, you know, it, it definitely um, left a left an indelible mark. Uh, your stock is quite high <laughs> based on your time there. Um, so let the listeners know what's, what's next. Do you have any dates coming up? Yeah, so... Um, Oh, so I head to head to the UK tomorrow, and then I have um, the 28th, 29th, 30th, 28th, Gainsborough, 29th, Leeds, 30th, uh, Lincoln. Then the following week, I'm at a comic con called Geekfest in Wales. And then the week after that, uh, House of Hardcore, Freehold, nice. New Jersey, and um, and uh, Philadelphia, the infamous uh, the arena. That yeah. was my first time there, actually. Oh, wow, nice. And just uh, yeah, and, and I, like I say, I'm I'm uh, I had a I had a moment where I went, it's time for something new. I, yeah. I've been I've been resting. I've been um, I've been in the comfort zone too long, and it's you know, it's, it's, uh, the bar has been raised, and and uh, I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm accept I'm accepting the challenge of all of the talent that's around now. Yeah, making your own schedule, promoting your own brand. Uh, that's you know that's one good thing about the, the so many opportunities to make good money in the indie promotion uh, now. You know from from former champions like yourself, it's uh, it's it's really a good thing. So let the listeners know where to find you. So you can get me uh, on on Twitter at real Nick Aldis. Uh, I have a, a Facebook fan page that was recently set up, which is. You know, um, same thing at Real Nicolas, and then on Instagram I'm at Nicolas, so you can get me any of those. dot com if you're old school and you want to go to an actual website. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I wish you the best, man. I mean, you know, 30 years old and accomplished so much, you know, so far in the wrestling business, man. I mean, people start your age, so you've accomplished. You know, you've been, you've been a world champ. Uh, so that's uh, that's fantastic, man. I wish you nothing but the best, and there's so much left. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've scratched the surface, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Nick, and uh, enjoy your evening. Uh, thank you.
Again, once a very, very, very big thanks to Magnus, Nick Aldis, for being on the show tonight. Thank you so much for continuing to uh, leave a legacy, man. Just only 30 years old and really making some uh, some big headway. Almost 10 years in, in, in GF, well, TNA, Impact Wrestling, OWL, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, last week I was supposed to uh, plug some After Buzz TV. My, my good friend Marty Elias, um, uh, he's affiliated with that. And uh, so go to YouTube and uh, check out uh, After Buzz TV, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Lita is also affiliated with that as well. So YouTube After Buzz uh, TV. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 278 of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. And we're going to have some fun like we do all the time uh, here on the show. But I want to first uh, give a uh, just a warm, warm uh, condolence to uh, my, my co-host on the show, wonderful man, Wonderful man, just just a, a good friend of mine. Uh, my dude, Evan Tech Prout, um, he, he's going to be uh, joining us in a, a matter of, of moments. Uh, but I definitely want to give uh, my thoughts and prayers from a public standpoint here on the show to all the listeners. Uh, he lost a, a dear uh, part of his family. His, his mother uh, passed last week. And, um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of I'm, I'm a big fan of faith. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a strong uh, a proponent devotee of, of of Christianity, as people know, very I'm very uh, expressive of that, uh, and uh, I am just a, an, a, an avid proponent of the Bible. Ecclesiastes three talks about how it's a time to mourn, and so um, I think with I think with this with this time, uh, you know, when when you have a lost per, a lost one in your family, uh, it's really good to get around people who support you. People who can pray for you, people who can cheer you up uh, when they know you're down, and because uh, it's really a really tough, tough time, and uh, in, in, in this um, for this, you know, for for this this time in his life. So um, our prayers are with him, and uh, let's bring him on to just uh, let everyone know, you know, how he's feeling. And uh, man, I, I I give you much props, uh, Evan, uh, that you're on the show with us. So thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight, man. Yeah, hey, no problem, man. It's always it's an honor to to, to be here on the show with you. Wouldn't wouldn't have missed it. Uh, you know, I didn't do. You know, I canceled. Uh, we were just talking last week about <laughs> a long string of um, dedication of, of shows that we kept doing shows, and, and you know, we didn't cancel any shows. But of course, was you know, my, my mom, you know, passing away, going on to glory. You know, I went ahead and um, I had the opportunity to still do the show, but I decided to take a break and still wanted to do something tonight as yeah. usual because I know she was a fan of my, of course she loved my show, she was a fan of yours and your work, um, Chris, and, you know, and I hear now saying, you got to still do your show. You got to keep doing what you're doing on the regular. So, but I'm I'm at peace. I thank everybody for the calls, texts. Messages. I did a Facebook live video. Anybody that's a personal friend of mine, um, I'm not sure if you saw your feather stone of thanking everyone for it. But I'm here. I'm, um, I got into wrestling because of my mother. <laughs> so my mom always said, "Is I'm, I'm the reason why I, I became a a big wrestling fan," which is true. So I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. <laughs> 
game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live in a little bit color and funking like a monkey, if you will. Moment of silence for um, Heaven's family and just getting things together. Um, yeah, so it's you know it's great to have Evan back on the show tonight, and uh, um, you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. You know, I I hate to say the show must go on because it is it's really you know like I said it's it's a time to mourn. So uh, he he definitely should. Um, should have that, um, you know, that time, and you know. But uh, I feel so honored and privileged that uh, Evan is back uh, on the show with us tonight. So, Evan, you ready, to rock and roll, man? Yeah, brother, I'm here. I'm ready. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. Let's start off with uh, the boy, Mark Henry. That's what I do. Announces his retirement, man. He uh, was on table for three, and he was talking about how uh, he was transitioning from uh, being in the ring full-time to a backstage role. He was going to be a certain type of guy from now on. And, uh, you know, he's he's done. He's only wrestled, like, three times this entire year. So, I mean, he was transitioning out anyways. Uh, but Tom made his formal announcement when the nation was on table for three. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a very interesting thing that he, you know, decided to to leave uh, the, the pro wrestling business. He's been, he's been in the business for 21 years now. And I definitely think that, um, you know, he's, he has some ups and downs throughout his career. And, uh but, you know, sadly, I wish that there were times that we could have seen a little bit more uh, push. You know, of course, this Hall of Pain, you know, 2011 push was just absolutely incredible. Um, just running roughshod through <laughs> through people, especially um, Randy Orton uh, at the time. And Seamus, you know, he was going back and forth with him. Uh, Hall of Fame was great, but, uh, you know, he started to get into the, you know, Candy Apple singlet and a bunch yeah, of other uh, things that really this <laughs> that, that, that Candy Apple singlet was no good, man. It was no good for the eye yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just some ups and downs. He just major losing streaks and just really, really putting people over. Um, it was just, you know, just an awkward moment for the past few years of his career. I honestly wish, now everybody can't have a swan song as they go, but I really wish that 
Uh, Mark Henry would have had a, some type of intercontinental championship run or U.S. championship run, something to that nature, um, you know, before he before he retired. Um, I, I think last year, you know, the Vince was still pretty heavy into the um, intercontinental title scene. And I would have loved a feud between Mark Henry and The Miz for the Intercontinental title. And he won the Intercontinental title. He could have lost it at WrestleMania. That could have been his official last day. I think that would have been pretty good. Because, you know, for someone to be in the business for 21 consistent years in the WWE, yeah. You don't, you don't have much of that. I mean, The Undertaker yeah. has done it before. You know, of course, you know, people like The Undertaker, people like, you know, Triple H. Um, but he was, you know, he's been part-time for years, you know. So, uh, really, really, Mark Henry Big is show. really the only person consistently. Me and Big Show came in 99. But Mark Henry's really, Mark Henry and Kane uh, up until, la- like, last year, Mark Henry and Kane were the only two consistent people that's been in the business for the WWE for 20-plus years nonstop. So, I I wish he would have got a little bit more, you know, uh, reward for that. Yeah. Uh, Mark Henry, uh, you know, we all knew. We all knew. Yeah. It's like Big Show. We... Big Show, Big Show came. He's been there forever. Then, we, when they start downloading you and just having you pop up just to get over the younger talent, and then you just disappear yeah. for another two, three months, and then you show up again, and he throw you in random mixed tag matches. That's when you know you, you're delighted at the end of the tunnel. And, and, yeah. and I, I think I said uh, on my show last week with Mark Henry, you know, he can get his full 1K through WWE AARP because. The man went through all four. He went through four generations. He showed up in about ninety five, ninety six. He was he showed up with that big old, that big old leather cap, all American Mark Henry. I think he debuted with the Survivor Series, one of them years. What was one of the big four? I think it was Survivor Series. He showed up during the New Generation era. Then he was through the Attitude era, and then he was through the Ruthless Aggression era, and then he. Current the current era, whatever you called it. Uh, I don't even uh, I think it's it. called the uh, reality era, or new era, reality whatever you call era. it. Yeah, reality. But that's yeah. To say. You, you've been through four generations of WWE. Oh. Yeah, and you know, thankfully in his resume, uh, resume he's been a world champion. He's been an ECW champion. He's been a European champion. Uh, so he's got some, you know. He's you can you can see he's been a former world champion, even if it's the big girl, big gold belt and it's still part of the WWE's lineage now. Uh, so he's been a world champion in the company. He's not been the guy, which uh, you know, per- arguably he should have been at one point of his career. But he wasn't the guy. But you know, thankfully he can say that he can't hold his hand up his head up high and say that he was a former world champion at WWE. So with that type of accolade, you know, it would it would, it would seem that he would uh, uh, make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, my, my thing is this. I mean, he did that great, that, that great promo with that salmon suit, that, that salmon yeah. blazer. And everybody got got. So he and so why can he? Why can't you give him Mark Henry? We still went for our first black WWE champion, by the yeah. way. Why yep. can't you give him the title? He, he, even for that one night, hey, give him a cane run. Even I'm over that year. I think it was the Elimination Chamber. It was 
and, and remember Henry got the big push, and, and he was almost, I think he was like the last two, and I think he lost to Cena, whoever it was. It was like, why couldn't he have won? And then lose yeah. on Raw the next night, or lose on SmackDown. But, you know, but I think they missed the ball with that. I mean, yeah, he was world champ. We get that. That's the secondary ball. But there they be champ. They could have did that. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. That, that, that salmon era, when he had that, you know, that, that, uh, that so hilariously funny um, gimmick when he you know he said you know you think it's that easy I got a lot left in the tank and I just that was absolutely hilarious but you know it was funny because there was something about that whole deal that I was like man it's a ruse it's a ruse so don't forget to ladies that must bring on. Special guest, he is back and better than ever, like Eric Bischoff's theme song. <laughs> I like to call him the Black Bombshell. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Alfred Konoa, how are you tonight, sir? What's going on, man? I love that nickname, the Black Bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> Give me 10%. We're, we'll be good to go. <laughs> uh, I got worked by that Mark Henry speech. I thought that was like like you guys were saying the greatest uh, promos of all time. There's really nobody in WWE in very many eras I can think of who could stand in the middle of the ring and do something like that and trick really most of the people. The way he cried yeah. in the ring like that. That's what <laughs> I thought it was real. So yeah, yeah. what a great career. And so. And he still had that. Uh, he still had the, the the weave too, the the the, the, yeah. the hair weave, the extensions the or whatever it was. Yeah, the braids, and you know, there was like he couldn't do it now so much. He couldn't be the sappy now because you know the the ball head, you know, put put a little bit more type of uh, uh, dominance in his character. But back then, you know, he was you know he was still dominant, of course, but. But so, for some reason, to me, the haircut made it a little, a little better as far as being sappy, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I, and the, the salmon, the salmon uh, blazer. I mean, that <laughs> was a perfect choice of garb to wear, uh, to to just really kind of fill in the sappy character. It, it all went extremely well. So, um, kudos to Mark Henry. You know, I think that, uh, like I said, he'll he'll be in the, the Hall of Fame. I think it's a no brainer at this point that he'll be there, and uh, I think it's I think it's well deserved. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Evan, as far as him being in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely, one thousand percent. One thousand yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Why not? I mean, like I said, the man been there. He got a full 1K in WWE. He's been through four generations. There's a handful of wrestlers that can say that for any company, especially WWE. And, I mean, he had his couple world title runs. He even had the ECW Platinum Belt, which was third tier. And, oh, yeah. I mean, wow, yeah, I mean, yeah, he even survived that. Was, that. I mean, he, uh, he even, he even survived. He even survived. <laughs> Rodney Mack and Teddy Long with the Haterade. He survived oh. them, them red candy apple singlets. He survived yes. them blue candy apple singlets. Them, them, he survived those, those sky blue singlets. The, 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 the cotton candy singlets with the, the blue candy. ones. The, those are the, the cotton candy singlets. Yeah. He, he survived the cotton candy singlets. He survived the candy apple singlets. 
he survived. He survived the uh, angle with uh, Sammy in uh, China. He survived yeah. the other cap, the American cap in '95, and he survived losing a part of his hair. If you remember, he fought Benoit on Monday Night Raw, and, he, yeah. and Benoit went for a crawl space. You remember, part some of his hair fell out in the ring. And this yep. is right before he got injured. So if any yep. any man, especially a black man, can survive, survive all those things. Still Don't forget relevant. that uh, that wicked, almost you know, paralyzing F5 he received from Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was A Train, but I think not A Train. Oh no, no, that was A Train. That was that was yeah, the yeah, yeah, fell on his head. Yeah, yeah, that was A Train. But but Mark Henry had a pretty sick one too that he, that uh, Lesnar gave. Oh yeah, I think it was so on the episode of Raw. I think he, I think at the time he was wearing like a white singlet. Right, singlet. Yeah, mistaken. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was very very interesting um, career for sure. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, he is uh, reportedly not expected to re-sign with WWE. To me, this is no surprise. Uh, I think you know it was one of those things that it was it was excited to see him back in 2012. It's been uh, approaching four and a half years now that he's been back, and this to me, I have not seen. To me, there's there there was a couple moments with Brock Lesnar that was uh, attractive, that was marquee worthy to me. I, I was a huge. I marked out like crazy, like I was a kid again when when Goldberg beat him at Survivor Series. I think that was a fantastic choice to do because it was unpredicted and it was just, I mean, the shock value, we haven't seen that type of shock value in years. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, he had, he had you know, his match with Punk was decent. Uh, I, I was a big fan of his match with Roman Reigns at 31. But, I mean, the Triple H feud was, man, uh, you know, breaking the Undertaker streak to me still was a terrible idea. Let's start with Alfred this time. Lesnar reportedly not coming back after WrestleMania 34. Is it a big loss? Um, I wouldn't say it's a big loss because Brock Lesnar doesn't work a full-time schedule. He barely even works a part-time schedule because, I mean, he's working like five, six times. A year, um, and I, I that you know, WWE could soldier on without him. But I, I really don't think a hundred percent that he's leaving. I mean, I know that he's now expressing interest in UFC, but this is just what Brock does. I remember last time his contract was up. Remember, he showed up to UFC 184, and they thought, oh, he's going to fight again. And then WWE re-signed him the next month. It's like one of these posturing things where Brock knows exactly what he's doing. He's in the last yeah. year of his contract, so now all of a sudden these reports are surfacing. And don't get me wrong, the UFC would love to have him, and I do think that they're going to do everything they can to book Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, which I think would be fantastic. I but think I so don't too, think yeah. Brock Lesnar leaves. Like, he can have his cake and eat it too. And I think Brock Lesnar would be foolish to just up and leave WWE because you're working, what, 10 times a year and you're making uh, reportedly a $5 million downside? Uh, Forbes reported yeah. that he made $12 million last year with bonuses and everything included. So wow. I don't think he can leave. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fantastic point. Uh, it just to me it just seems like it, the, the on on the con oh, that's a fantastic point. That very much so, and I agree with it. Just to just to be contrarian, so to speak. Uh, I, the the very fact that I mean he was making a, a big wad of stash uh, back you know in '03 or was it was '04 when he left. 
that you know, the, at that time, he he just at that time he was just burned out, and of course the schedule was much different. You know, now he gets to hang out in Saskatchewan, uh, denounce the American. You know, I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, the, he he actually represents Canada now in the UFC. He just denounced his American birthright. And uh, he actually wears. He actually uh, comes by way of Canada because you know he has a house in Saskatchewan. Uh, so he, he's he's uh, you know he's Canadian by adoption now. Uh, so you know he just kind of hangs out in his house, uh, eats the the, the finest uh, you know blazer cut steak, and and just has and enjoys himself. And uh, it, it just seems to me. That you know, Heyman is his his true agent, his true advocate. It just seems like he'll Lesnar is at the at the position now, and we'll we'll get to Evan here in a minute. Lesnar's at the position now, where he's probably just like with Sable, laying on the couch, watching some uh, deer hunting show. And he gets a call from Heyman and said, oh, you know, Heyman's like, hey, you remember you've got Raw next Monday. He's like, oh, bleep. You know, and he, he's, he probably forgets totally that he has, you know, he has a date coming up. He's like, oh, can we can we kind of push it out to next week or can I do something, you know, via satellite or something like that? It doesn't seem like his heart's really in the business anymore. Evan, what are your thoughts on that? Is is Brock really a loss? I think he is. I mean, people complain all the time. Is he he's he part time? He's quarter time? He's what? Well, it don't matter. Look look at the look at the roster today. This isn't the attitude era. This isn't the ruthless aggression. Whatever era you want to call it. Brock Lesnar, like it or not, if he's not, whatever time you want to call it, when he's on TV. Or when he's on the pay-per-view, his name generates buy rates. He generates people and views. So everybody complained about he's not being used. Some people are attractions. You don't want to see Brock every week. Because when the WWE sure. champ was on, on top every week, uh, example, Seth Rollins, example, Roman Reigns, example, Ambrose. Daniel Bryan, example, Ambrose, did it really help any of the ratings? No. Not even Captain Four Kids, John Cena for a while. The ratings didn't really budge. And you know the Maharaja, yeah, that definitely doesn't help either. Ugh. So all I say is you can complain let's about Brock. Let's not get started on. Let's not get started <laughs> on the modern day Maharaja. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I will say I, I will say on a side note. Uh, with 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 my my girlfriend and all of my buddies that came to support me and watch the pay per view, uh, when I did see the promo that I bust out laughing, thinking that you felt the song doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that. I cannot stay. I cannot stand Jinder Mahal's <laughs> my work. I mean, it just really seems like someone's it's grabbing him by the throat every time. Like it seems like literally someone's grabbing him by the throat every time he talks. He's like, Randy Orton, I tell you what. You will not feel the power of the modern-day Baharaja until we get to the ring, Randy Orton. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, he just, it's its so soft and it's so, it's so delicate. Cool. And it's just so, it's like, man, he's trying to 
only to sound important, but it just it sounds so contrived, and it just sounds so awkward. There's there's nothing about Jinder Mahal's promos that that sucks me in. I mean, nothing about it. It doesn't. There's nothing. And the thing I've said this before many times. We'll get to SmackDown Live in a moment. I say this all the time. I say. Back in the day, especially the 80s, your merchandise, your, your, your mic work was your merchandise. I say that all the time because the people who really had good promos, that was really the people who put themselves over because especially the NWA, every time you, you take the, the, the ten-step journey from the ring to the podium where Tony Savani and either Bob Cottle or uh, David Crockett was over there, and they would give you a live mic. It doesn't matter if you were Manny Fernandez, Al Perez, or Dick Murdoch. You need to cut a promo, and you better plug Saturday night at the at the uh, Omni. I mean, that's that's basically that's what you have to do. And that, to me, that art of mic work has 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 just dissipated. It, it's 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 gone so it, it's it's just just it's left us. And that's what really attracted me so much about wrestling was the larger than life promos and how they would just suck me in. So I'm always really really critical about promos because that's why I grew up liking wrestling was because of promos. And every time I hear yeah. Jinder Mahal, I'm just like, oh, spare me. Randy Orton, me and my Saint brothers, you will not understand the modern day Maharaja. So I'm like, oh, yuck. <laughs> uh, what, are your thoughts on the, what are your thoughts on the, the, the art of the promo, Alfred? Very important. Uh, the promo is uh, – I like that, that saying that the, your, what you're, you're – Microphone is your merchandise, or what? what your mic, like? yeah, your your mic work is your merchandise, yeah. Yeah, no, that couldn't be further from the uh, couldn't be closer to the truth. Uh, I'm a big fan of guys who can cut promos. It's always something that I really look for when I'm assessing if somebody could be a major star. Um, and yeah, you will get hamstrung if your promos either don't come across as genuine, or if you simply can't cut promos. And, and I think that was a problem with Roman Reigns early, and something that's still kind of plaguing him is that early in his yeah. run, he's always capable of a genuine promo. The guy's a badass. He speaks softly, carries a big stick. There's a way to book him so he can cut convincing promos, which he has now done. Uh, but early in his run, they were over-scripting his promos, and they weren't good at all, and people still talk about that suffering second-hash promo. So I think it's ridiculous that they're still talking about it, but, like, that, that hurt him. <laughs> but it's been Monday, Monday night, and what he's been doing lately, he's cutting self-aware promos. He's going in there. He's not pretending like – uh, a lot of the crowd is booing him. He's going in and acknowledging yeah. it. Hey, they're, they're louder for me in Philly. He's saying that he beat the Undertaker. He's getting them to, to react. And I think that plays into his character, even though he's people don't know if he's a babyface or a heel. And I think he's the one guy that works for him because people can just re, uh, naturally react to him and there's a connection with the audience. And that connection happens through his promo. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, and I'm a big fan of separating the two, the, the face and the heel. But I think I think you you know you you definitely kind of point with Roman Reigns because it's one of those things that you know he's 
I, I hate using the term tweener because I, I can't think of any tweener that's been ever successful. I mean, people call it Austin a tweener. He wasn't a tweener. He was just an anti-hero babyface. He wrestled bad guys. He was he feuded against the, the the biggest heel in the company of Vince McMahon. The only tweener that I can think of was like Black Love Diesel was a was a tweener for a second. And he would always, you know, he would, uh, he, he, he would power bomb people uh, when he started to become the heel route. You know, when he was shooting against Bret Hart, you know, he would, he would bump people's fists who had a black glove. So he was a tweener for a moment, and he just went full heel, which was better for him. Sting was a tweener for a little bit when, you know, the Crow Sting came out, and every time someone would. Mentioned his name, he would come down and, and get him in a scorpion death drop. I remember one nice pro, Rick Steiner, uh, did that. And, uh, yeah. It was curtains. It was curtains for him. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan did the same thing. Mentioned his name, and uh, it was it was it was over for them. <laughs> Ate a scorpion death so, drop for dinner. Later, later, add that Hacksaw Jim Duggan sell the ugliest. You had the ugliest sell or the Scorpion Death Drop. Because when he got Death Drop, you know what he did? His right leg went over top of his left leg. Yeah. So, old school Jeff Jimmy Duggan, and the matter of Ed Kane, has the ugliest sell to the pedigree yeah. in history because he falls on one knee. Yeah, he does. He falls right on one knee. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't beat the uh, tape fist feud he had in 94 against DDP. That was that was, uh, that was bad news. Um, the, the, the tape fist Duggan uh, was – I remember oh, well, Ming. back then, yeah, well, Ming. He, uh, he, he, Ming and uh, Paige. And, and, and uh, <laughs> I remember when he would go and he would compete at, at different um, – uh, matches and the the, the 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 jobbers at the time he would it would be like on WCW Saturday night and he would literally get up get his roll of tape and wrap it as the jobber was like kind of like grogging you know and standing up and he was just playing it I mean he was just kayfabing it to the max and I was just sitting there like. This has to be so embarrassing for whoever he's going to beat that night because they had to sit there. I mean, they had to stand there and just kind of play the whole thing out of him, of him putting the tape on. So that was uh, that was one thing I remember based on the tape fist dug it. Uh, sharp turn. Sam McMahon involved in an emergency helicopter landing. Definitely uh, very, very thankful that uh, it did not yeah. end up to be anything um, – you know, catastrophic or severe, as we saw, he came back, came back on SmackDown, just uh, in, in in good condition again. But uh, definitely newsworthy, um, and, and definitely uh, something that uh, you can never, uh, you can never take advantage. I mean, you can never um, look at those moments and think that uh, you've got everything in order, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you never know. You never know when yeah. something like that can happen. It could have been much, much, much worse. Uh, thankfully, you know there was a uh, he. You know he gave major kudos to his pilot, and uh, they were able to land, you know, semi safely, um, you know, in the body of water. 
But uh, Evan, yeah, I mean, he, he uh, it, it could have been much worse. It could have been, it could have been not only, I mean, of course, it could have been fatal, but it could have been something severe as far as just from a health standpoint could have jacked up his his health. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a good thing that Shane O'Mac is fine. Um, that he's okay, and that's good news for all of us. And you know, that's 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 all you really can say. You know, Shane, you know, wasn't his time. And it's a good thing that he didn't go because in the world of wrestling, I, I, I just know for me, even on a personal note, it seems like every week when we do our shows, we're always doing the send our condolences to this one or that. Yeah. Whether it be yeah. a wrestler, a referee, a valet, or, you know, someone, you know, I know my show, we cover pop culture as well. And then, you know, of course, me personally this week, my mom. So it's just like, thank gosh that hopefully a week can go by where we don't have to say send our condolences or one or yeah. So, uh, good thing, good thing that Shane is fine. It's, it's yeah. glad that Shane is okay. Because uh, I, I don't know about y'all, I have all of the memorial uh, Raws, the Eddie's, uh, both Eddie's. For some reason, they don't like. Uh, uh, for some reason, the the uh, Raw um, Eddie one is hard to find. But I have both Eddie's Raw and SmackDown and Eddie's. I have the Benoit. I have Raw. Oh, Raw's Owen and um, I'm missing somebody. Uh, uh, Owen, Eddie, Benoit. There's a fourth one. They did in a memorial to the whole show. Can't thank that. Uh, Owen. Yeah, I said Owen, Owen Benoit, Eddie, and I'm thinking it was the fourth one. Was it, some, was it the fourth one somebody that died and they dedicated the whole show? Uh, I, can't, I can't think of any anybody else. Benoit, Eddie, Owen. Well, Pillman is through. Yeah, Pillman is through Harlan, HWA. That's uh, Thatcher yeah. and. Uh, and uh, Danny Davis. Yeah, he didn't uh, dedicate the whole raw to Pillman. No, they just did no. the shot. I think it's just yeah, they gave story. a shout out to Pillman. They gave a shout out to. I think Tess had a big shout out um, uh, when he when he passed. Um, yeah, but uh, Alfred. Uh, speaking speaking of uh, just, they're not gone yet, but just passing away, man. Uh, you know, poor Vince. I mean, he yeah. like seventy-two years old, and you know, a lot of people aren't fans of Trump. I, uh, you know, but uh, he's he's seventy-one, and uh, he looks twenty years younger than Vince McMahon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're saying Donald Trump does? Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. He looks. He does not. And if you ever watch like uh, WWE's twenty-four specials. Or, you know, they do a lot of these about people going into the Hall of Fame, like Kurt Angle. And you see Vince, yeah. and he's, like, shaking a hand. He looks just so feeble. And, you know, since he dated Brian Triple H, who's Triple H is still big and looks uh, relatively healthy for his age. And, and just seeing Vince, he's, like, withering away. And he's, um, yeah. like, back. You can see his, his back is being hunched and stuff like that. And so, you know, God love him for me. He go out there, and he's still got the energy, and he still wants to do it. But... Yeah, he's not. He's not looking too good these days. No, he's not. I, you know, every time I think, every time I see Vince McMahon, I think of a bump. Like I, I just think of like, 
I look at I look at him and I look like at someone who's just who just looks so feeble. And I'm like, Vince, yeah, I, I know that you know you probably still got some grapefruits on you. Please don't make the ridiculous decision to one day, you know, take a bump again like you did with like the Nexus or you know, of course your days against Hogan and Michaels and Austin. But, you know, if he takes one of those uh, P.J. Black 450s again, man, I think that might be it. <laughs> he just took a bump. It was crazy of a bump, but remember Roman Reigns won the championship? I believe it was two years ago he took a bump then. Yeah, he did. He did. Wow. Yeah, that was – yeah. If he gets a, if he gets a spear by Roman Reigns, I think that's the last time we'll see him uh, upright. Uh, but, you know, uh, I certainly hope he – I saw the other that. I mean, he's 72. I mean, people envy to live uh, that, you know, amount of time. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, Chuck Norris is around his age. You know, Donald Trump, you know, there's a bunch of people who is Sylvester Stallone. There's a bunch of people around his age that's uh, has been in the game for like as Gagan long as he has. And, you know, him compared to a lot of other people, you know, pro. his peers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it just he just looks uh, pretty bad. The, cla- the um, question is, is he still a genetic jackhammer? No, he's not. He, he's you know I think his uh, I think his machine has been uh, uh, in the shop for for quite some time now, and I think they're probably just going to pull the plug and say, yeah, I think you need to. I think I think you need to take this yeah. engine. And uh, <laughs> call it quits, but you know, you, you, yeah. you just imagine, just imagine if Jinder Mahal was around when Vince was commentating, and if that's the modern day Maharaja. Yeah, you yeah, gotta hear that. Yeah, the modern day Maharaja. <laughs> and then you know, Bobby Heenan would have been next to him saying something uh, very interesting, and uh, I, you know, what, I think I think Jinder Mahal may have survived. The gorilla monsoon Bobby Heenan days because he's because yeah. I think that I think with gender like on paper you know he's anti-American he's pro-India you know he looks like a million bucks I think just on paper just theoretically Jinder Mahal has a good character you know he but at the same time he's being poorly booked you know his his. I don't think he really understands just the the importance of like facials, cadences, and I've uh, you know I've seen some wrestlers talk about that before. Just kind of the, who have been in the WWE uh, that has really critiqued them on or just really understand the importance of facial features, cadence, things like that uh, when you're cutting promos. If he had that. Together, I think it could have been a lot better, but I think it's it's it's, it's on the downturn at this point. It's funny you it's funny you mention that real quick because um it's funny you mention it because I, I was uh watching up kind of in and out of table for three with uh, Henry the Nation one, and then you watch something you kind of half sleep and you know, woke up four o'clock in the morning this morning and uh the, uh Austin's podcast was on with Triple H and. I got up and snacked on something, and Triple H was talking about NXT, and, and watching it, some of it again, Triple H was talking about this uh, importance of, like he said, the facials and 
how you move and, and developmental and going into detail, all the, the small idiosyncrasies that goes into your character. And Mahal just, his hair is weird too. His hair is, is like, it looks one way, and then it looks crazy. It's like a wacky bush. It's yeah. my, my, my late, my, so my, my late uncle. Off, it's just, it's, it's over. My, yeah. Yeah, my, my late uncle who uh, passed away two years ago, who I was close to as well, um, he he's a um, he's a vet, veteran, retired military, retired uh, army, and one of his jobs at home being an artist and stuff. He actually did you know the wax figures that you go to Smithsonian. He actually implanted the hair on the wax figures' heads. So you go to Madame Tussauds and anything, he did the hair. And some of that hair that he did when he's done, it reminds me of Jinder Mahal's hair. This looks wacky. <laughs> and it's like, what is that? Because <laughs> you know what that makes him. It makes him the Wax figures, mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of facial features, someone who uh, had a very successful line of uh, facial features while he was in the WWE, Armando Alejandro Estrada, um, had a very interesting uh, note uh, rec- uh, as of as recently. Uh, he came up uh, with the idea of talking smack. He talked about how. Um, he pitched it to McMahon a few years ago. He drove drove to a uh, a, a live event. I think it was I think it was like a SmackDown that he drove to. I think like in Indy or Kentucky or something like that. And basically, he he pitched it to McMahon, and the only thing that he had uh, at the time, I think it was like '09. This to McMahon, and uh, he was told, you know, thank you, and in and, and, and a handshake, and that's it. You know, and, and eight years later, uh, talking smack, you know, well, you know, it's 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 here and it's it's gone, but uh, you know, it, it's it's still it still survives the 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 post pay per views, but you know, it was a very um, it was 2011. He said December 2011, he drove to a SmackDown taping in Indianapolis. So he pitched it to Vince, and he wanted to call it Smack Talk, and he would be the host. Um, Vince smiled, said he liked the idea, shook his hand, and said thank you. And never heard back from him again. Uh, so, you know, Alfred, you know, he, he he came up with an idea. It seems it seems legit. It seems authentic. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's interesting that uh, people would come up with those ideas and they would just resurface. You know, years later, I remember I talked to uh, Jake. JTZ's been on the show like three times, three times now, and he said he came up with uh, uh, Little Jimmy, and uh, right. and you know right. he, he pitched it to Vince McMahon, okay. right. and, and 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 basically you know Vince kind of overlooked him, and all of a sudden he all of a sudden he saw it on Our Truth. Uh, so Alfred, what are your thoughts on just those pitching ideas to Vince McMahon, just like this talking smack idea? Just to see it born somewhere else for someone else. I mean, it seems like that is so deflating for a particular wrestler who's trying to get over. Yeah, well, in all fairness to JDG, Vince probably thought he was giving the little Jimmy gimmick to JDG, but he just got him and R2 confused and thought they just looked alike. But, I, I, no, listen, I JTG about this, and his idea I thought was even better. He had an idea where it was going to be a, like a dummy. Uh, but I yeah. guess like the WWE universe could see it. 
And, yeah, it would have been kind of like a lot of the older fans would have rolled their eyes at that, but I think that's something that could have sold a lot of money and merchandise. And I love hearing all these stories about people to Vince McMahon because, uh, you know, you can only do so many things, and uh, and it's kind of wild the things that you hear get shot down, and, and, and that's kind of one of the infrastructural problems with WWE is that the buck stops with Vince. You know, you got to, at the end of the day, everybody could love your idea, but if Vince says he doesn't want to do it, uh, he doesn't want to do it, and it doesn't get made. And then, you know, years later, uh, it'll come up again, and, and and maybe Vince will hear an idea, like, years before, doesn't like it, but then he'll, it'll come in his head, and he'll bring it up again, thinking it was his idea. So I think you yeah. have to just kind of convince oh, exactly. Vince that it's his idea in order for him to make something. But, you know, the I'm pretty sure a lot of people have come up with, you know, like the concept of, like, a post-game or a pre-game. I had heard that, like, 50 rounds for years, so – it's not that I don't believe uh, Alejandro that he, he didn't have an idea like that, but it's not really that novel of a concept to just let's have like a pregame or a postgame show with WWE. Yeah. yeah, very true. Yeah, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, yeah. let's get to the Raw and the SmackDown, and let's throw also some Battleground review. We'll be right back. Smackdown song of all time, other than the, uh, other than the, uh, you know, it's my life, my rhymes, my time, oh, whatever it was. Oh, I love that song. That, my, 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 was, that was the best, yeah. I was sweating my blood, too. Everybody's standing in front of the laser. Stress, stress sucks. Yeah, what are they saying? Everybody's standing in the laser tag room. The laser right. is in that space. Hey, what are y'all doing? Check, 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 check. Yeah, then uh, Angle and, and uh, Guerrero makes like the and it show makes like the really like scary faces and everything. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. and that's one of the few. And that's one of the few. And that's the that's the Rufus Aggression era because that 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 intro didn't feature Triple H. It didn't feature yep, Austin. Exactly. It didn't feature The Rock. Yeah, that's all, the all the WWE's best intros have where we don't understand any of the words. No one knows the raw yeah. name words. Rah, 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 rah. Right. And no one knows SmackDown words. And, and uh, Featherstone's laser, uh, you know, um, laser tag intro with the SmackDown. What was that? O three O four. Yep. O five. Yeah. O three. No one knew. Yeah, that saying. was such. That was such a good lineup, though, man. I mean, but you know what? The first version, uh, no, I think the second the second version with that theme with Eddie and Show and, and Brock and, and um, that one, uh, like I said, I did like the second the second version better with the uh, Eddie one because the first one, Eddie wasn't on that one. Right. So, yeah, I like the one with yeah, Eddie. Like yeah, absolutely. So, Alfred, what are your take, quick takeaways from Battleground? We'll just... We'll just put all this in one big takeaway sandwich. Um, 
to go uh, Battleground mixed with a little Raw and SmackDown. What are your thoughts? Okay, so WWE just came up off of what I thought was arguably the best pay-per-view of the year with Great Balls of Fire. Uh, and I really think that Battleground was not only its worst pay-per-view of the year, but its worst pay-per-view, I don't know, maybe in the past couple of years, in quite some time, because I just thought it just ran so long. And I, I, they might have made a mistake by starting off so hot with the New Day versus the Usos, because even on paper, that was going to be one of the matches of the night. These just two great tag teams. Uh, and they gave them a great match. They let them have a bunch of false finishes and whatnot. And nothing else lived up to that. Uh, but it just was a boring review. The main event went too long. You've got this, um, I almost called the Pajani Prison in the House of Lords, which is, you know, it wasn't too much work. But <laughs> right. it was this big structure, and nobody had this blinding structure uh, to the live crowd. And it, it, as impressive as it looks, it's just so bad on television uh, to have a structure like that. And it didn't help that the match wasn't any good. Um, it just took too long. And I didn't like it. And, and the thing about this pay per view, it was pretty much set up to fail because. Your three main storylines are all pretty much the same concept in that it's America versus the evil foreigner. And even if one storyline was like that, I think it was one too many because it's such an out-of-touch way of thinking that every foreigner has to be a bad guy who's an evil foreigner and the, and the all-American good guy is, is you know, the, the American side. So, you know, they kind of booked themselves into a corner doing that. Uh, the matches weren't very good. The concepts weren't very good. The, the, the gimmicks wasn't good. It was just the pay-per-view was really a mess, and I was so shocked that it lasted the whole three hours, given how, you know, really small the lineup was and how much smaller the SmackDown roster is. So I, I thought it was a mess. Yeah. Raw and SmackDown. So for me? For Alfred. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? What's that? Raw and SmackDown. Raw SmackDown. I thought I thought Raw was a, a good. Raw's been very good over the past few weeks. Um, it was a little bit of a letdown actually this past week. I, I liked, um, you know, not a lot of people are hot on the re- reveal, but I love the fact that they're going with a uh, you know young uh, up and coming like Jason Jordan, uh, especially an African American. Uh, you know, African Americans with face that don't get too many opportunities as single performers, and I hope that he takes his ball and runs with it. I thought he was very impressive in the ring, but um, I really do hope there's more to this. With um, Kurt Angle, Jason Angle, and Jason Jordan, yeah. I hope that either they become a father-son heel tandem, which I think could be hilarious if you know Angle continued to help Jason Jordan and, and they were just this corrupt father-son heel tandem, or if a lot of people have been along, is that you know maybe Jason Jordan and Corey Graves have come together and this whole thing is a ruse and he's not really Kurt Angle's son, um, and that yeah. could help too. Uh, but you know, Raw, yeah. I love the opening segment. God, Braun Strowman is getting over so huge. Um, you know, he's like, it's, it's weird because Roman Reigns gets a huge reaction from the crowd, and he's supposed to be this baby face, and a lot of the reactions are booze. Braun Strowman's the opposite. He also gets a human re- reaction. He's supposed to be a heel, and he gets cheered. So it's just this, right. this world that we're living in. Um, and yeah. it's not that it's pretty cool. I like the fact that Jericho just came in hot, like he always does. Nobody hides a surprise like Chris Jericho. And I was surprised to see the United States Championship change hands once again. You know, they're, you know all of his gimmicks is built around the U.S. title, and he keeps losing it. Yeah, uh, definitely the Russo booking with this uh, this hot potato booking with the uh, with the U.S. title for sure. Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts on the three events? It just uh, got battleground was so. Uh, it made no sense. It just was. 
I'm like, I watch episodes of Shotgun Saturday Night. <laughs> they just was, they did 12 Days and New Day. That match was very was very well done. I don't get why the New Day had to win. I'm sorry. I like this thug, New Day, Hutlum, New Day. Just, I mean, you could have kept him with the title for another month, and they could have did some them funny promos in New Day when it's SummerSlam. New Day doesn't need the belts. I think the Usos needed it more than anybody else. But they could just have him do a rematch at SummerSlam because, I mean, they're the only two tag teams left in WWE. Um, just everything, the Punjabi prison match would just made no sense. It's like you got these counts with the, the little small doors. Ginger's kids keep going through the, they keep getting annihilated by Orton. And then Great Kali, it's, I, 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 swear, I lie to you not, guys. Me and my buddies just randomly said this Friday night hanging out. We was like, yo, wouldn't it be random if Great Kali shows up at Punjabi Prison do like a DLC appearance? And what <laughs> happens? It happens. And uh, it just, uh, it just, uh, the battleground just was, uh, I, I've seen worse. I was at Extreme Rules, it was here, but. I mean, the Nakamura match ending, this was whack. DQ, come on. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles match ended, like, like out of the blue. It just it just was all over the place. Raw, um, from what I did see, I, I didn't see much of Raw, busy doing some things. But uh, what I did like, I mean, gosh, can we please end this Ambrose and Miz feud? They've been feuding since forever, since like the past 80 years. But what I did like is the end with Rollins and Ambrose and how Rollins tried to do the shield sign and Ambrose kind of yeah. walked away. So I did, did kind of like that. Fatal 4-Way SummerSlam, we saw this happen back in February or March. Knew it was going to happen. Um, and uh, SmackDown didn't get to see SmackDown at all. I did see that Cena, Captain Four Kids goes against Nakamura next week and the winner faces Jinder Mahal. And they really think, like, come on, WWE, can you be any more creative? We all know Captain Four Kids is going to win. There's going to be yeah, Captain and Four that's Kids going against and the that's corner. That's what I don't like. Like, yeah, Hogan. That's what I know. Yeah, Hogan. <laughs> Hogan back in the day. Um, that's what I don't like. I, I just, you know, I don't like. They are doing, and we have to, we have to get rolling here with the with the flare of the week. But I despise what they're doing with Nakamura. Nakamura was all, well, he was automatic money, and they're stripping him down. It's like they're they're going backwards with Nakamura. Automatic money when he came in. Now they're just stripping him down. The interest isn't even as important anymore. Because he he there is overdone, it just oh it's, it's just absolutely terrible. Dillinger is probably back into his losing ways again. Battleground was a, a total bust except for the New Day uh, Usos match, which is really good. Uh, great to see my boy Jericho back on SmackDown. Um, and so yeah yeah like I said the the the, the top potato booking with the U.S. title I'm not a big fan of that either. So uh, and we'll, we'll see where you know. Jason Jordan looks decent. Uh, I mean, he looks very aggressive. I, I was a big fan of, you know, just his his fighting style. But uh, we'll see where it goes. I, you know, I think I think it's going to lead to uh, um, somehow Stephanie and Triple H getting in the mix. Uh, probably they were all in in it together, and you know that that would be interesting for Jason Jordan. So I think he that that would um, help him because he's already he's already getting booed. So. Uh, I think I'm that sorry. Out with, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. This this Jason Jordan storyline this does nothing for me. It's like like okay, whatever. 
it just is doing nothing. I mean, maybe I have to be patient. I mean, I've said this before, but still, yeah. the first couple of weeks, and I'm like, well, it's not doing anything. It's like, okay, I get it. It's like, yeah. Jason Jordan is basically the rich signer of the Alpha American Alpha. Chad Gable is the Scott signer. He got the long hair, so we expect him to cut his hair and grow like 45 pounds of muscle. And you had yeah. Chad Gable's the Rick Stein, if you look at it. I mean, both, both of them. He can uh, run it up uh, as well, uh, like Scott Steiner Holler, if you hear me. Yeah, it is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, let's get to the... Um, we only got a couple more, couple minutes, so we're, we're regrading uh, 2000 to 2005. Let's start with 2000, Summer Sam. Um, what do you, what do you grade, uh, Summer Sam 2000, closed by The Rock, Kurt Angle, Triple A's for the WWE Championship, also a Taker and Kane, uh, so forth. So without. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with my I, I thought. Good pay-per-view, a little long for my case, uh, but a great main event, and this is like, uh, started off with Springs, and I thought, probably one of the best five years running the SummerSlam history. Uh, all right, real, real quick, Evan, what do you got? Uh, C-plus. Good main event. Overall yeah. show was okay. C-plus. Yeah, I give it. I give it a B. I was a big fan of the two out of three falls match uh, with Jericho Benoit. It was very good. Oh, All right, real quick. Oh one, uh, oh one. Uh, Rock and Booker T. How about that? Uh, Lions era. Uh, this was uh, just laced uh, with the with the Lions. We'll talk about uh, invasion here in a, in a few weeks. But uh, real quick, Evan, what do you give uh, this invasion style SummerSlam year? Um, actually, it is about a, a B plus. It was a really good SummerSlam. Besides the Rock coming back and beating Booker T, but we all know how that goes. But I love Angle versus uh, Austin with the rough bumps. It's one of my favorite matches of all time, especially with Jim Ross yeah. and him doing commentary. Yep, Alfred. I'm gonna have to give this a C plus. I didn't think it was a bad pay per view, but I remember being very excited about it because this is like your first pay per view. It's gonna be pretty much WCW versus WWE, and and I didn't think obviously the angle didn't live up to it, but that pay per view didn't live up to what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I give it a B as well. Um, Decent invasion place with Tyler. 2002, man. Uh, I'll start off. I give this. I give this a solid A. Flair Jericho was good. Yeah. Ed Guerrero was good. RVD Benoit was a really good match. Sacred Test. Michael Strip of the Unsanctioned and Blessed Rock. I think this was a solid A. Uh, real quick, uh, Alfred, what do you give it? Definitely A. It was a pay per view of the year that year, and one of the greatest SummerSlams of all time, if not the greatest. I agree, Evan. Uh, e plus. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic pay per view. All three to me wasn't uh, wasn't too much uh, worse. Uh, it was uh, again another solid pay per view. Uh, I, I give it um, I give it a B. Uh, Elimination Chamber, the, uh, the they you know the Miss Chamber was very interesting. Triple H, Kane, RVD, Angle, Lester was really good, um, and then Guerrero. Uh, Retain the United States Championship and man bits off take her age rate. Real quick, uh, Evan, what do you get this uh, this one here? I give it a solid B. Alfred. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I, I, it was a lot of great matches. I think that K and R B D match is very underrated. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh four, uh, Orton. Orton wins. Uh, Orton beats Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship. Edge Jericho Batista was a good match too. Angle and Guerrero uh, uh, was also a fantastic match. Uh, Alfred, what do you give this one? Uh, I give this uh, two minus. Uh, I really like the surprise with Randy Orton uh, beating Chris Benoit. I thought it was a good pay per view. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, same thing. Solid B, man. Dude, good people be. I always thought uh, SummerSlam 01 up to 04, all, all four of those years were some of the best SummerSlams of all time. Yep. I give it a B as well. Hogan Michaels, 05. What do you give uh, this Super Cell Fest, uh, Alfred? A uh, plus. A plus. I I thought it was hilarious. You knew what was going on behind the scenes and the next thing you were going to find out. The show might go to the greatest of Yeah. Real quick, Evan, what do you got? Uh, that, that, that match alone is 8 plus, 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 plus. Yeah. Uh, the rest yeah. of the team, I honestly don't remember anything else from SummerSlam 05 but that main event. <laughs> yeah, Orton Taker, Cena, Jericho, Mysterio Guerrero was good for Dominic. Yeah, A, A for me as well. That's uh, many of it was good. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to hold the continent. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.